0: Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala, and I'm Allie Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies room so we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Welcome back to the ladies room. Here we are again. Feels like we were just here. It does feel like we were just here, and... I am breaking my rule, which is normally to do the ladies room only after I've showered. And today I didn't go on my walk, which means I didn't shower yet. And so I'm in the ladies room, yucky with my hair in a clip. And you know what? That's the real me most days. So here you go. Coming at you with a (laughs) hair clip. I am wearing pants today and I'm actually dressed up and look kind of cute. And I got my hair colored for the first time in like a year. So that was kind of fun. See, you're fancy. I fancied up on the weekend, because Eric and I went out kind of to a happy hour, which was supposed to be outside, but then wasn't. So I was a little annoyed. And then um, they were filming a food, t- food TV show Saturday. Well, the whole for five days, but Riley, Riley wanted to try to get on the food TV show. I don't know if we have time to tell that story today. She wanted to get on the food TV show. Spoiler alert, we did. But I made sure that I looked cute for that. Like, <laughs> Well, you basically spent all your days on the TV show. I spent all my what? All your cute days. Like all your, you already used up your quotient for the week. Well, it was only one day. I can be cute more than one day a week. (laughs) Friday night. It was like a process, more of a process than one day. Yeah, it was the same. No, no, it was just one day. Um, They were there for five days, but we only went over there for, we were only there for a couple hours. Um, right. But it was the same outfit that I wore to the happy hour because why waste a really cute outfit of the day coordinated outfit. I mean, obviously, right. I mean, matching teaks and the whole bit. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of good feedback for matching burgundy with my like metallic pink teaks. I can't even quite picture that because I'm not very good at those things. Yeah, it's a risky pairing. but looks very cute. Pink All on right. pink. All right. I hope how fast this year's going doesn't mean this year's going to go as fast as last year. I know. Cow, it's almost the end of January. I know. We've got one more week of January, and that's it. January's done. Oof. And I think this is the first time ever I haven't made my vision board like in the very beginning half of January, but I had so many things to complete. I think there's like this lag. So I'm just letting it unfold as it unfolds. Yes. And you know me, I tend to be more towards my birthday, which is next month and it's my 50th birthday. Oh my gosh. How come we don't have a trip planned? I know we were talking about doing something and I just can't muster it. You know, I just, I've lost my ability to want to do stuff. It's so crazy. I'm like this little social butterfly. I'm like, "Ah, let's sit at home, watch TV and sleep. (laughs) Maybe I'm depressed. (laughs) Maybe I don't think you're depressed. I think we all have had like our whole social structure for our entire lives and like our orientation inside it really like disrupted. And I think you're kind of cocooning. Yeah. I've Got it beaten out of me. It's also a full moon on my birthday. So I think I need to do something like, I mean, a full moon. Yeah. Right. I mean, a full moon on my 50th birthday in the year that I finally start embracing all my witchiness it I'm gonna have to do some kind of weird ritual outside I'm not I'm not gonna come to that I don't I don't see any way around it although <laughs> thing- I don't see any way around it <laughs> <laughs> I think this is inevitable <laughs> I could that. just send me a link <laughs> but you know the thing is is like even for rituals for me I tend to be just very like I don't know I because I love to hack and get things done as fast as possible. I'm like, how can I make this a 60 second ritual? Like, I don't know. That's just kind of how I approach it. So ritual for me might be going outside for like a minute, like hooray 50 in the full moonlight and then coming back inside. One of my, (laughs) one of my friends, some oil on the ground at least. Yeah. I might do that. Uh, One of my friends asked on Facebook this week, how does somebody go about befriending a crow? And I said, Oh, this is what I'm trying to do right now too. (laughs) And I said, one of the things I did was I went out, out front and I made a little speech about how welcome they are. And one of, our, <laughs> one of our mutual friends reacted with the laughing emoji, but the friend who posted it reacted with a heart emoji. She's like, this is totally what I'm talking about. I'm a literal tree hugger. I'm like, yeah, I just went outside. I'm like, hey, uh, Ravens in the neighborhood, I want you to know that this is a safe house and you're super welcome. I just gave a little speech to the Ravens. I just want you to know that even though this is like normal in your world, this is not normal in anybody else's world. I know. How have we not talked about every time I see a crow now, I think this podcast is shot to hell already. (laughs) Every time I see a crow, I'm like, go find Lynn. She wants to be friends with you. I do. But you know, the thing is, is like, I regularly, so I, I stand in such a really weird place an unusual place, a unique space, because I am mostly in the very concrete, you know, science show me world. And I'm starting to expand more into the other world. So I do all of this stuff from a place of like experimental skepticism, because like, I remember having an argument with somebody, not even an argument because he was mansplaining. So it just wasn't even worth it. But we were talking about essential oils and he was just like, so adamant and angry And I'm like, yeah, the scientific mindset is definitely emotional certainty rather than (laughs) open curiosity. So I'm just open and curious about all kinds of stuff. Like, you know how much I love hummingbirds and I call them to me. I don't call out for them, but just like, I love them so much. And I'll go to the window and I'll be like, I want them here. And they come. You're like a hummingbird clearing. I am. We went on a vacation in Michigan this summer. I guess it was last year, last summer. And I opened the door or the window, the, the curtains of my Airbnb, and there was a hummingbird right outside my window. That's rather lovely. I am a clearing for them. So I'm, I don't expect the crows and the ravens to understand what I said. I was just trying to create an energetic clearing of safety and welcome. And I did it right by where I have seen one before. All right. I think that the next thing you should experiment with is dancing naked in the moonlight and then let us know how that goes um no that's not no on your 50th birthday wait you're not gonna dance naked under the moonlight it's just gonna be hop around and come back inside I probably won't even dance in the moonlight that doesn't uh, that doesn't draw me that that there's no how about taking your pants off at least (laughs) if a man said that would be so offensive. (laughs) (laughs) We used to skinny dip a lot. So it's not, it wouldn't be the last time I was naked in my backyard. But, oh, that reminds me, we used to go, um, we have a hot tub in our backyard too. That's right outside our bedroom door. It's not connected to the pool. Our old house had a hot tub that spilled into the pool and that was glorious, but this one is connected to the bedroom and when, and it's relatively big. And when we were Arizona where you need a cold tub connected to the bedroom. No because I mean it's like in the 40s right now where I'm standing maybe the 50s. How many times a year do you use the hot tub? Right now almost never. But when Riley was really little we would use it al- almost you know a couple times a week because she loved to swim and the pool was too cold. Like we we have na- we have a uh, family that comes and they'll go swimming in our pool in February or March but we're like no. And my little Arizona baby definitely no won't swim unless the pool is at least 80 degrees. So when she was younger, we used to go and Eric and I would sit in the hot tub and then she was small enough that she could just swim around. And we were out there one time and she was she was in preschool. So she was at least three, I think she was probably four and it was spring break. And I think Eric had taken some time off or she was off school, whatever, she was enjoying spring break. We didn't go anywhere, but she was you know, in the spring break energy. And we always went in the hot tub with her just completely buck naked. And so she comes to the edge of the hot tub and she throws, she's completely naked. She throws her arms out and she goes, I love spring break. And she jumps in the pool. (laughs) And I turned to Eric and I said, you got 12 years to get that out of her. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how we want her to be when she's 18. (laughs) That's fantastic. Yes. It was very funny. It's uh, our friends, one of their funniest favorite stories of Riley. I love spring break. Completely naked (laughs) in the pool. She goes. So I don't know what I will do for my 50th full moon, full moon birthday, but it will be something. All right. We're standing by. Yes. We talked about having some kind of party, but I just can't really muster the energy of what it would take to arrange the party, make sure everybody's vaccinated, get all the furniture for being outside all that bullshit. It's just not worth it. Yeah. I mean, especially if I can't come. Exactly. Right. All right, okay. Well. So you wanted to start the podcast with a story you had, but I once again, preempted you with 50 stories. I know. Plus it's really not fair to make me tell stories after you because mine are not as good. You tell my stories, but you don't even know the stories. So you can't tell it. I was going to say, what are you expecting me to just wait, hold on. I'm getting a transmission <laughs> from Allie. She <laughs> says I'm weird, but she expects me to, to tell the story. Wait, I feel Telepathic. like, okay, first I'll tell the story, but I feel like we kind of skipped over the crow situation and that is unacceptable because I think it's rather mind blowing for anybody that doesn't know. So that what, that I want to be a friend's friends with a crow. I actually technically am trying to befriend a raven. There's a gigantic raven that lives in our neighborhood. I don't know the difference between a crow and a raven. They're big black birds that eat dead stuff. Yes. They're very similar. Um, but the ravens are much larger with bigger beaks and they don't live all over the country, but we do have Ravens in Southwest Arizona um, or Southern Arizona rather in the Southwest of the country. Um, They're very smart. Lots of people befriend them. I'm not some weirdo. Like it's a, it's a thing. But you are wait. Okay. You are some weirdo, but continue. Well, we actually have a mutual friend who's friends with crows in her yard. I don't, I don't know. Text me. I need to know immediately i will tell you um <laughs> but uh it's a thing like they they love they don't love people actually here's the thing they live in relationship with people and they love and hate people like they will there's all this stuff about crows they're really fascinating and i noticed i've become much more interested in birds as i get older but also where i live there's a ton of birds in my neighborhood we have tons of hummingbirds we have road runners. I've had road runners nest in my yard. I've had baby road runners out on my patio, which I didn't recognize them at first. There were all these little birds on my patio and they were moving and I was, or they were like hopping around. And I was looking at them. I'm like, they're moving kind of weird, but I can't put my finger on why they're moving so weird. Why do they look so weird? They look like they're drunk or sick, or I don't know what's going on. And then one of them leaned over and hum, uh, road runners have this really distinctive way that they move. Their tail spreads out and they run. They'd say, lean forward, their tail spreads out and they run really fast. And so one of them did that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're babies. They're move the way. (laughs) The reason they look weird is they were moving awkwardly. They were just kind of hopping all awkward. They were (laughs) these adolescent road runners. We've had that there's a pair of Harris Hawks. Um, we live in the territory of a pair of Harris Hawks. I see them all the time hunting. Uh, one of them hit our door one time super loud. And I went out on the porch and there was a little ground squirrel basically clutching his chest in terror. And our neighbors yelled out, did he get it? I said, I don't, I don't think so. But he hit the door so hard that the house rattled and I've had gigantic owls. Like there's lots of cool birds around here. I I know you like wildlife, but that doesn't, I mean, I feel like you're really glossing over the crow situation because you told me all this stuff. Okay. Crows and people sending notes and giving them presents. And I mean, I don't think most people know about this stuff. Crows don't, people don't leave them notes. I thought you said the crow would bring them presents or carry their notes around or something. No, (laughs) like a carrier pigeon. In my mind, it's like the version of a carrier pigeon that also brings you presents and eats dead stuff. Well, so people in the past have used them like carrier pigeons. That's one of the things on Game of Thrones. They use ravens that way, but, um, no, they're really smart. And they, so there's all this stuff about, they know who the, who the friendly people are and the unfriendly people, and they will actually communicate it to the other crows in the area. Nobody knows how, but if you're mean to a crow, like all the crows around will know. And they They have um, a ladies' room. Hmm. They have a ladies' room. Yeah, they do. They have some kind of crow ladies room and they, um, they will bring presents The people that give them good food will bring them presents. There was even a guy told a story about uh, the crows, the neighborhood crows brought him stuff. And when they brought him a uh, money piece of paper money, he's like, I wonder. And so he gave them super good food. And then they started bringing him paper money all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a story about this one family where the crows used to follow their daughter around when she was really little, cause she was a messy eater. So she dropped crumbs and stuff all the time. And the crows bring the daughter presents all the time. And they said one time the family was out taking pictures and the mother dropped her camera, her lens cap off a bridge and couldn't get it. And the crows got it and brought it back. When they got home, the it was sitting in the present box. So the crows were watching. I mean, they they do interact with people. And I read a social media post last week about these crows. They might've been ravens too in New York who were on the roof of a building. And they were like, intentionally pushing snow down on people's heads just for the fun of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. What? See, now you're getting why I want to be friends with them. I just saying- think it, but no, I just think that part's funny. Okay. So first, before you tell me what you want your crow Raven to do for you, I would let you said they're really smart. So in comparison to what, like they're as smart as a dog, a cat, a tree, like, I don't I know. Think- I mean they use tools. Like so, I mean, what? as smart as a tree, they're way smarter than a tree, Allie. Okay, but probably not as smart as a cat. No, they're like as smart as a dog. They use tools for fuck's sake. Like, what does that mean? Like they get out little shovels and like <laughs> dig a hole. No, they they will use um they'll use twigs to like get something that's stuck. Um and in fact, so this is really cool. And this is, this is a challenge to humanity. As far as I'm concerned, this scientist was doing an experiment with crows where he put meat in a bottle and he gave, he put out two wires, a, a bent one and a straight one. And only the straight one would be able to get the, the meat out. That's how it worked. Like the hooked one wouldn't work. Okay. So I gave them both. They each, and they didn't know that. So they each took one, one successfully got the meat out. One didn't. So he's like, okay, um, now what? Now I'll put it out again and they'll probably compete for the straight. That's what he was expecting. They'll compete for the straight wire and he put them out. And what happened is that they um, worked together to straighten the bent one so that they each had a straight one and then they went and got the food. All right. That's very impressive. Are, are they like pack animals? Do they live by themselves? I always, see, I always thought crows kind of lived by themselves and roved around. No, I think they're semi-flocky because they communicate. So like, you're kind of getting into the territory of I'm not a bird scientist. I just want to make friends with this really cool animal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. You're not a bird scientist. You want a raven friend. What are you going to do with your raven friend? I'm not going to do anything with it. That's like saying like, if I met somebody really cool and I was like, oh, I want to get to know her better. And you're like, what is in it for you? What are you going to get out of her? She, she's cool. I still could say like, what do you want to do together? What are you going to do with this bird? I plan to,
1: I plan to to bring you money.
0: No, I plan to feed it and then just see and develop a relationship. I mean, I don't do anything with my hummingbirds either. And they're one of my favorite things. I know, but I don't feel like what you're describing is the same thing as just watching the hummingbirds in your yard. I don't just watch the hummingbirds in my yard. I have a relationship with them. I don't know why you don't understand this. One is why, why don't you have a raven friend already uh, well because I've not put any effort into it it didn't even occur to me and then the other day I opened a few months ago I opened the front door and there was a giant raven in the front yard and I had been thinking for a while how fun it would be to have crows and ravens for a friend I'm like oh I didn't realize there was such a giant raven in the neighborhood um is this like feeding a bear like it's bad behavior you're not supposed no. to feed the bear No, it's not like, so one of the reasons I haven't just left food outside is I don't want to be friends with javelinas. (laughs) Right. Fair enough. Racha was feeding javelinas and we told her not to. And she kept doing it. We're like, listen, don't do this. And then one of them. Oh my gosh. I don't think I know this story. One of them chased and tried to eat her dog. we're like, (laughs) we told you not to feed them. They're not even cute. Why? What possessed her? They are cute, actually. The little ones are super cute. Okay, the a babies, are. the babies are cute. The, the babies are insanely cute. So, especially she if just, you don't know, a baby's on the corner ready to charge you, right? So they, she was feeding them off her back patio, and we said, "Stop doing that." And then they tried to eat her dog, so then she stopped. All right. Well, I just want you to know that I do not want to be friends with the, any a raven or anything else. I think I'm going to pass on that. Well, if you come to my house, and I have my raven friend here, I ask that you at least be polite. (laughs) I have, for some reason, I have like this image of you, like long gray hair, wrapped all up with like twigs sticking out. It essential oils in your pockets. Like, yeah, now you're getting it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're getting it. The trajectory of the trajectory of our friendship may be dramatically changing. is the way we're going. Shit. I knew I need out of this car. (laughs) So that, you know, there's that thing that goes around sometimes on social media, describe a movie badly, describe a book badly like that. No, of (laughs) course I don't know that. Whatever. So it's a little thing people do. And there was one that said, why, what is the point of the, it's funny. So like describe a book badly. I can't think of an example now. Like describe a movie badly. And then you might describe Star Wars as like um, local farm boy turns terrorist or something. That one's not particularly funny, but it's like that. Okay. So there was one that said, describe what you do badly. And I said, I use smushed and boiled plants to change people's identities. Right. I know. I thought this was going somewhere other than that, so I was really derailed. But you I say that as that. if so you say that like, yeah, you already told me. But Ali, we're on the podcast, and I <laughs> well, but I just thought that story was going to totally different. You already range. told me that fucking story. I, I've already heard that one. <laughs> my but point was, I'm going to tell my story about taking Jacob to Crown Burger now. <laughs> perfect. Go for it. <laughs> this is a perfect segue because. Jacob is actually like having Jacob for a child is kind of like having a raven for a friend. He's really gross. He sometimes drops off presents at my feet and he's bizarre and does weird things that does he he use explain. tools. He's, he uses tools, but, but not always in the most appropriate way. See, like then- if he had a broom, I'm not sure he would use that to sweep the floor, but he might do something creative with it. Yeah, ravens and crows are not gross. I don't know why you got gross out of it. I mean, they eat dead stuff, like rotting so stuff. So do we. I mean, I like my dead stuff cooked, usually. Unless it's sushi. You eat sushi. Like, they don't eat carrion. As They're more like carnivores. They're I thought they... Like okay. They're not like a vulture. All right. Fine. I mean, there's degrees of dead, right, in wildlife, but they're not like vultures they're more like a hawk except they don't kill it are you gonna Is pet it? your raven no when you <laughs> no I don't, you're just not getting it you're just not getting it i don't i really don't i don't know if just now in this discussion you're getting how much i just don't get that like all right no and also they're really bad luck in Native American culture, aren't they? Like terrible, terribly bad luck. I don't know. All right. I'm pretty sure that Peggy does not like crows. I'm not Native American. I could be mixing that up with Crow Indians because I was gonna say she's Chippewa Cree and they don't like the crows, like Crow Indians. And when we were fostering foster parents. Um, and Peggy was with us, we, like, they asked us to keep this other 15-year-old girl for two days who was crow, and she abjectly refused to have this other little girl in our house because she was crow, so I could be actually just mixing up that story, and it might not have anything to do with a bird. Yeah, and they're actually seen as bad omens in a lot of literature and stuff, Like Edgar Allan Poe didn't write about, you know, a turkey sitting at the window, Um, but they're also associated with witches and magic and they're tricksters and they are tricksters. They're mischievous. Um, I'll make you a deal. When you make friends with the crow or raven, you can tell us stories about it on the podcast. So I give you my blessing and positive energy toward Getting on with it, putting some energy into friending the giant raven in your yard. Perfect. All right. Back to my story about Jacob and Crownburger that I wanted to tell at the beginning. And I hope I can make it sound as funny as it was. So there's this place in Utah called Crownburger. And I really don't, I mean, it's like a local thing. And we haven't been there. And last night, Jacob said, I want a hamburger. And I was like, All right, let's do it. Let's finally go to Crownburger. So he went there and I thought it was like a sit down restaurant kind of style thing, but it's not, it's like walking into like a Chick-fil-A, like a Burger King at the front. Like there's just this counter you order, they call out your order. It's a little still like set in the fifties, but it looks like the eighties threw up like wallpaper and pictures of chickens and like stuff like there's not a single space that's not covered. And it's huge. Like it's like the size of maybe two McDonald's or Burger Kings or something. It's massive. And that it's lined with booths that like go in rows all the way around the outside of it, like two rows of booths, you know, all the way around. And then the middle is like more seating, but it kind of looks like where you might have some kind of bizarre wedding reception. And it's like, Oh, weirdly fancy and like I I don't know I've never been in any place like it it was so bizarre and so of course like Jacob and I were like oh man and when we sat down to wait for our order we were like this kind of seems like the place like it's like a Mormon village in or something like where Mormon kids would go like to all hang out with each other after youth group or something like it's just weird and then Jacob says okay so also The crap, do you know what, do you know what a crown burger is? It's not a regular hamburger. I have not, I'm not familiar with it, but I feel like I'm totally over there with you in the crown burger space, except (laughs) for the part where you said it looked like a place for a weird wedding reception, because I have no idea what that means, (laughs) but like a church basement, like kind of got above ground and like then was surrounded by booths. I mean, I, there's, it's it literally is indescribable. Okay. A church basement got above ground makes more sense or I should say is more distinct than a weird wedding reception because like a weird wedding like a, like but it, I mean, it looked like a cross between like some weird Baptist church thing that was like all wooden and then like the church basement, like kind of like those two things have a baby. No, I'm with you now. I'm just saying like My mom told me about a wedding reception. She went to once where the bride entered through dry ice. So that's a weird (laughs) wedding reception that has nothing to do with, or maybe it was stage smoke, but either way, I should have said reception hall. Yes. Or, or just like, you know, cursed church basement or something like that. But I'm with you. I can almost smell this place now when you said the wood. Yeah. But I, we were like, all right, we're here. We're committed. So I said to the lady, of course, okay, first of all, you have to know that Jacob's really weird about meat. Like he will only eat something that's like, if he even thinks that there might be fat in it, or like, if there might be anything pink, he's not touching it. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is going to be interesting. And then I go up to the counter and say like, all right, we've never been here before. And the lady says to me, she was very nice. She looked like she was from the eighties. And she said, um, "You know, you should have a crown burger." And I was like, "What's a crown burger? It's a hamburger covered with pastrami." Yeah, that's like the whitest thing I've ever heard. And I don't know if I really even knew what pastrami is, but it's almost like fat, fatty red like Arby's meat, and then like chunked off on top of. The hamburger and then like cheese melted over it and like smushed all together. Yeah, that's that's pretty white, right? So that's not really even the point of the story. But we get these cups, paper cups. They say Crown Burger on it. Jacob and I are sitting there chatting, you know, like catching up. And I said, and Jacob says to me, "What do you think they boil?" I was like, "I what are you talking about? I don't." I don't think they boil anything like, you know, probably not a single thing. Like, what are you talking about? And then he points at his cup and it says crown broiled. And Jacob thought it said boiled and spent like quite a bit of time trying to sort out what they were doing to his meat in the boiler. Is, is that the story? That's the whole story is that like he get, we went and had crown boiled meat but we decided that the pastrami was boiled at the end of that because there's no way that came off a grill of any kind I thought it was just cured I I mean almost it was so red it was as red as bacon I know I thought it was cured kind of like corned beef I mean I I feel like I've had corned beef hash that didn't make me want to the raw meat is brined partially dried Seasoned with herbs and spices then smoked and steamed so that's pretty close all right well when you come see me in salt lake i'm gonna take you to Cranberry, and you'll probably get some inspiration from the i think I counted like six different kinds of wallpaper nice right i mean um, yeah pastrami is actually like a very jewish dish traditionally like oh, pastrami the stole it from the jews yeah Um, in my Googling, it said it's Romanian, but like, if you go to New York, to a New York deli, a pastrami on rye is a really common, it's like a ham and cheese sandwich for uh, a goyish deli. Okay. But I feel like that would probably be good. And this was the opposite of that. Pastrami on rye would be good. And pastrami on a hamburger is bad. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Okay. When I lived in Italy, it was really common to get a burger and they put like a piece of ham on it. Like that's just normal, not bacon, but like ham, not prosciutto, like a chunk of ham and it's act and sometimes an egg. And that is actually really good. And this, I mean, it just, what I, so I was like, maybe it'll be kind of like that. And it wasn't, it was terrible. So maybe just, you shouldn't take anything out of Europe to Utah and like whiteify it because it doesn't go too well. Yeah. And pastrami is also really salty. That sounds like really salty. I mean, there was more pastrami than there was hamburger meat. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of, I don't like pastrami or corned beef really. I think they're too salty. All right. It's like pickled meat. I'm sorry that my story was not exciting and it was really funny in the moment, but it is hard to even describe the place because I've never seen any place like this in my whole life. I was like, oh man. And that's all there was, but I guess. It does sound very white, like a very white place with very white food. I mean, you know how you describe like church kids going to village in after, you know, youth group and like hanging out. Isn't that like a thing everywhere? So where I grew up, um, it was such a small town that we didn't have any restaurants like that. Know where you go get pie? Nope. Where did you go after youth group? Um, We stayed at the church. Seriously? There was no place to go. I don't think you really get how, what a small town I grew up in. In fact, my church drew on three different small towns. We were like at the apex of three different, like where they, if if they made like a little pyramid, the church was like right there. Um, And everything I mean, if we went out on a Saturday, we might go somewhere. We might like go to, like, we, we would go um, sometimes after football, they had what was called fifth quarters and they would take us to, um, it was showbiz pizza at the time. It's Chuck E. Cheese now, but that was like a 20 minute ride. Okay. okay from, from town to wherever it was. So we would just stay at the church. Like they would just bring food in and they would, you know, we would eat pie there. And actually we had, um, partly why it wasn't so bad is that, we had a youth center. So we had the old church, which my grandfather actually helped build. And the, that was just totally the kids. There was nothing in there except kids stuff. Like downstairs was the kids room where we had junior church and there was like a whole puppet thing. And then upstairs was this huge youth room. In fact, this is actually kind of funny. So on the back of it was um, an apartment where the youth pastor lived with his wife. And so there was a door from their apartment directly into our main youth room, and then when they had a little girl, um, we used to all take turns babysitting her and anytime you were babysitting her, she would go to that room and she would rattle the door and say kids 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 because she thought that was just like her room full of teenagers. (laughs) <laughs> like, like here's my toys and this is my room full of teenagers and this is my bedroom and she just thought we were always in there she's like you know what I really you know what would be super fun right now let's go play with the kids like that's where they are she keeps a room full of teenagers in her house all right so yeah we just we had a kind of little contained so anything we were going to eat drink or do or play we were all in there because we had our own little space it wasn't it wasn't like a churchy space it was like a hangout center Okay. So and now end. I cannot <laughs> wait to see how you tie this into the real topic of this podcast. I mean, I was just thinking like, this is the most rambly and what is the real topic? What were we going to talk about? I don't even remember. I feel like, like maybe we should just put a pin in it and save it for next week. <laughs> we haven't talked about anything except for freaking <laughs> crows and hamburgers. I mean, crows and crown burgers might be, you know might be the place to stop. Frozen crown burgers is 100% the name of it. And I think my crow, my raven friend would maybe like a little piece of hamburger. I was thinking of putting some meat out there. because Maybe the javelinas won't eat it. I don't know, though. I thought maybe if I put it up on my wall, I'm plotting. On wall. Well, so I have a walled in my front yard is like, it's not even my front yard. It's like outside my front door. There's like a little courtyard. There's a half wall that goes around it. So if I put meat up there, the birds could get it, but not the javelinas. <laughs> <laughs> what about the mountain lions? I don't have mountain lions in my yard. Are you insane? Bobcats? You have bobcats. I do have bobcats. They're not scary.
1: I know, but mostly- you still
0: don't want to like feed them. Well, I mean, I- they hang out in my yard regardless. Will the bobcat eat the raven? It, it can fly. I think it can take care of itself. <laughs> okay what other plans do you have to attract this creature to you um that's I've, I've brought you current i had i did my little speech and then someone mentioned about putting outside meat because i didn't really want to put out seed because i know the javelinas like bird seed because <laughs> eric and riley were feeding the birds at one point and in general i don't like to put out bird feed i would much like my backyard is planted with all these um flowers that pollinators really like and that's how i attract hummingbirds i don't really want to put out food because then if we're not home then it causes a little bit of a crisis um but eric and riley a long time ago had some bird feed and i came home one time and um we have like a little carport that goes right into our garage and so i pull up and my headlights shine the carport and it's full of javelinas so i honk the horn to get them to get out of there and I go inside and Eric goes for the javelinas outside the garage door. I said, yeah, He's like, yeah, <laughs> thanks he, for pretending, protecting me, Dave. <laughs> he, so he had left the garage door open and there was some bird feed out there and the, they got into the bird feed. And so he comes out of the house. It's like, oh my gosh, get out of the garage. So the garage was all full of javelina. So he shoot him outside, but they, they knew there was a big sack of bird feed inside. So they were hanging around, hoping the door would open again. So yeah. I don't really want to. Speaking of your husband, he does spend a lot of time in the yard. I wonder if you can employ him to help you and your crow. Friend. I probably could. Hey, honey, if you see a crow outside or a raven. Would you please call me and don't scare it away? <laughs> see, he would be more likely to go to war with it. This is a, this is a constant. He loves the hummingbird as much as I do all the whole family does, but the front yard, we have ground squirrels. And if he could poison every last one of them, what um, is a ground squirrel? It's kind of like a chipmunk. It's what we have instead of chipmunks. They're fatter than chipmunks? Um, no, they're shaped pretty much like, a. if you saw them, you might think they were a prairie dog, but they're not that big. So imagine a prairie dog that was chipmunk sized. That's what a ground squirrel looks like. Do people shoot them like they shoot groundhogs? I didn't mention groundhogs at all in any of this. <laughs> can think of the name (laughs) prairie dogs but they're um they're really tiny like they're not really worth shooting people would be more likely to trap them it would be like if you shot a rat yeah yeah that's maybe you can eat it to the crow he's at war with the the ground squirrels i won't let him do anything i'm like just let them be he's like they dig up the yard holes everywhere (laughs) <laughs> like it, it's the front yard our front yard is natural desert so i don't really i was care. gonna say it's not like it's you know evenly planted grass that they're digging holes in right no our front yard is natural desert so just to get the real perspective of what it is is at stake here um and i i have let him dispatch a pack rat because they are very destructive and disgusting yeah he did it humanely we had a guy come out and Get rid of our pack rats at one point because they are terrible they've done hundreds of dollars worth of damage to our cars they their nests attract pests like kissing bugs and stuff which are awful um riley has scars all over her face from when she was a baby and she got bitten by a kissing bug um oh and <laughs> this is just the story podcast before we got rid of the pack rats which i haven't seen them so we had a guy come out and, and take care of them to finish this story and he dispatches them humanely and they're frozen and then they he takes them to um uh like a a bird rescue where they they feed at john's place they feed scales and tails they feed um mostly frozen disgusting things yeah and they they warn us in tucson please don't poison your pack rats because what ends up happening is you poison the hawks and the owls and stuff which is you don't want to do that but i was um driving Riley to preschool one day a long time ago, I get out into the car. I turn on the ignition and I hear hear this like scrambling sound. And then this abrupt, like, Oh man, because they get in (laughs) car engines, they get up in car engines and they build nests. Oh yeah. They're, they're terrible. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I'll be too, I'm a little too ashamed to be associated with the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Wait, I'm not done. Oh, I thought that was the story. Okay. No, 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 no. So I open up the hood of the car and I see a pack rat like hanging in my engine hanging like from the hood part or no in the engine like in the engine like a bat no like he was dead and he was hanging like he was in the engine and I started the engine and he died when the belt started rotating like it oh Disgusting. so it was like down in the engine I was like okay I said, I'll drive Riley to school. Maybe it'll fall out. So or I, if you had been friends with a crow, you could have called it over to eat exactly. it. See, now you're getting it. Now you're finally getting it. <laughs> so I drive Riley to school. I look still in there. So I drive to this place. At the time I was doing a little bit of contracting work. So I didn't know wait, these people. Wait, please hold. How big was it? Pack rats. They're about the size of, I don't know, a guinea pig. They're, they're pretty big. They're bigger than a mouse. Oh, yeah. They're way bigger than a mouse. They're actually kind of cute too, but they're Ugh. just super destructive. You don't want them in your yard. So, yeah, they're, they're like, like maybe they're somewhere between a guinea pig and a rabbit. All right. They're big. So it didn't fall out. So I drove to where I was doing some work. I didn't know these guys very well. I was there just for a couple months. So I get there. I look. It's still in there. so I go inside I say do you guys have a broom or anything like that I told them there's a dead pack rat in the engine of my car none of them offered to help me not one of them did this is terrible I know I said well do you have a broom or something so they got me a broom they were all laughing at me motherfuckers (laughs) 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 so I went out and I like jammed the broom to knock it out the bottom and because it was just like hanging in the middle of the engine, because what happened was, I think it was probably the, um, what's the belt that charges up the thing? Um, the the alternator. The it, alternator. It, yeah, it, whatever that belt is, the serpentine belt, whatever, the one that kind of goes around in an infinity sign. I think that's the one that dispatched it. So I poke it out. And then I had to move my car because it was under my car. And then I got like a broom or something and I shoveled it up and threw it in. And it, it like was, it got skinned it was like half of its skin was peeled off but the thing is is like it also effed up the belt and i had hundreds of dollars to replace like the damage that the pack rat did and they also did a bunch of damage in eric's car just chewing oh this is disgusting i know so there's things in my yard i want to be friends with and things in my yard that i'm gonna pass are you willing to draw a hard line like a couple years from now if you tell me you want to be friends with the pack rats like we're gonna take a pass on that one right No, I mean I can't so I will say they're very cute Eric found one in the grill one time he opened it up and I went out and it was like all afraid and they are very very cute but they're just so they're disease vectors you just can't and they look like they have big mouse ears and they're big much bigger than mice and putting little noses they're really cute they look kind of like a chinchilla I don't know what a chinchilla looks like it looks a lot like a pack rat all right Okay. Now I'm going to tell this story. I'm ashamed, a little ashamed to be associated with. Okay. So at one point when we lived in Montana, when I was married to my ex-husband, let's keep that part of the story in mind. We realized there's a rat underneath the port, one of the porches, which is, you know, kind of impressive. It was spring and, you know, so I'm like, this is not good. So, and of course, right. Like babies are going to be everywhere. So we tried everything we could think of. And one day I'm sitting. So the house was in like um an L, like shaped kind of like an L. So there was like one porch that was kind of like the front door. The kitchen went across or the dining room went across. Then if you turn the corner, there's like the kitchen and this other side door. So pack rat was looking underneath this little side door thing. So one day I'm sitting at the big like dining room Wait, table just did doing you just something. say you said a pack rat and then you said you didn't know what they look like. I didn't really know at the time exactly what it looked like. I had no idea. No, I don't know what a chinchilla looks like. Oh, I thought you were asking also what a pack rat. You were asking me all kinds of questions about the size and shape of a pack rat. Was that just for the edification of the audience? I didn't sure know if everybody now. knew what one was. And also, I didn't don't know if they're all that as, as big as this one was. Okay. All right. Continue. <laughs> I did not test your expertise on pack rats like I did about crows, so... I know. Right. And also I think at this point, everyone has turned it off. So just continue. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? So maybe they're listening on double speed. So, um, the house is shaped like an L underneath the other porch. So I'm sitting, so you can see the other porch in the dining room. And I have no idea this is happening, but my ex-husband opens the front door and shoots with his automatic rifle underneath the other porch one shot it's the only thing he's ever killed he brings up this like thing by its tail and he had dead shot killed the pack rat so i'm like horrified like who does this like you can't i mean we were lived in montana you can like shoot ars out your back door you know like we lived against BLM land and stuff. So there's something cultural about that, but I'm like, this is not, this is very bizarre behavior. So we're out with a group of friends like a week later and I'm telling the story and Christian's like my ex-husband, whoops, is like super proud um, of t- like that this happened. And our friend sitting right beside us, who was like a kind of a well-respected member of the community, like worked for the foster care agency that I like was a foster parent with his, he He like starts smirking and his wife tells me middle of the night, he turns the light on in their bedroom, pulls the gun beside their bed and shoots a rat on their ceiling with his gun in the middle of the night and like blew a hole in their ceiling. But he successfully killed the pack rat that was torturing their house. That is definitely cutting off your nose to spite your face. I mean... It also is like very Montana. So I guess I had to be thankful that we didn't shoot any holes in the actual house. And I assume they don't have an upstairs. No, no, no. It was like a sloped bedroom. I mean, I, I mean, most people I know that have guns in Montana are super, super safety conscious about it, but, um, nonetheless, there you go. Other than discharging it inside the house, they're super safety conscious except the part. Well, they wouldn't have shot the gun like toward the toward the like upstairs if there was like people upstairs. No, I understand that part, but I still think shooting a gun inside a house is maybe not the smartest. I think sometimes you need to shoot your gun inside the house. Like when there's a rat on the wall in the middle of the night. I don't know. Traps get it too. I don't know. Like we tried everything. But it did scare the crap out of me all yeah. right well i think we should at least introduce the topic of the next podcast yes yeah, since this one has just been silliness random silliness and it's going to be called crows and canyon and Cr- crows and crown burger <laughs> maybe crown burgers and crows all right so well, what was the topic what we we're going to talk about is female entrepreneurship and the challenges oh, yes. that female entrepreneurs face that are different than male entrepreneurs because i heard a statistic this last week that has just been kicking around in my brain and making me furious and um i've been dying to talk about it on the podcast so i actually did some research um because i wanted to talk about it and there's like six or seven really interesting things we should probably talk about like three or four of them so next week i'll tell you the statistic and then we'll get into into it, that might turn into a couple podcasts. Yes, and and the problems facing female entrepreneurs are much more serious than a dead pack rat in your engine that your male coworkers won't help you with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. When I think about no, <laughs> yes, Tr- probably true systemically, but also horrifying by itself. Yes, this and uh, this is the most <laughs> random podcast it's not even about anything normally when I tell stories they're at least about like they're all about woo or they're all about animals but I guess people hopefully know a little bit more about our friends the crows (laughs) our friends the crows and (laughs) crown burgers the end and people will probably avoid pack rats maybe make friends with crows and avoid pastrami on their hamburgers so this might have been like a public service announcement we didn't even know Eric would probably eat pastrami on a hamburger. Not from here. Okay. When, whenever you guys come visit, we're going to make this happen. He probably would. I mean, I was game for it. I was like, if this is what this whole place is named after, it's probably good. Maybe not amazing, but good. Solid. No, that was not how it was. No, I don't know that I agree with that, that way of thinking. There's multiple of these places around Salt Lake and like everybody talks about it. There's so multiple- I thought like the, the, pro- whatever the namesake of the restaurant would be like pretty good. There's multiple Taco Bells around the country too. And they're known for <laughs> like chalupas or whatever the hell they're called. And none of them are good. Some of them are like kind of good if you are really super hungry. Like I used to work when I was pregnant, I worked again, always with men. I always work only with men, I swear. And we would go out to lunch every day. And anytime they went to Taco Bell, I'm like, pass, I'll go someplace else. It, no hard feelings, but if they picked Taco Bell, I just wouldn't go. And then one day they were, I was like, where do you guys want to go today? And they're like, we're, we kind of want Taco Bell. I go, oh, let's go. That sounds delicious. They go, yeah, you're totally pregnant. I mean, they <laughs> knew I was pregnant. They, they were just like, yeah, that's definitely your pregnancy <laughs> talking because we know that you don't like Taco Bell. <laughs> it, it sounded super good. <laughs> so actually all this talking might've arrived at something useful because obviously in Utah, there's a very high, higher percentage of pregnant ladies than in other parts of the country. So maybe that explains burger. It doesn't sound like a pregnancy craving, but <laughs> we'll just, I mean, I think it's just like, there's lots of people who like Taco Bell too. And it doesn't mean it's good. I don't know. I mean, it was on dives and whatever that you like food tv shows what's that place called diners drive-ins and dives yeah it was on there i guess i don't know i i I don't know what to say okay i think we go back to what i said a moment ago the end the end so (laughs) on the end note we will see you next time in the ladies room ciao thanks for joining us be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at 5 Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram.